Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and we get together twice a week to chew on God's word and how it's challenging us, encouraging us, equipping us, hopefully to share that with you and give you a little something uh, constructive or helpful to listen to on your car ride to and from work or wherever you're at today. Um, today, we have Sean Duncan with us. Hello, Sean. What's up, man? You are back. I am. At least it's like I never form. leave here. It's almost like you didn't leave from the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean, you are the college pastor here at UFC. You are correct. You are, um, you just finished a couple weeks ago. Yeah. A month or two ago. Uh, like a month. Month ago. No, no, no. Wait, what are we talking about? Good summer. Fight. Yeah. Oh, summer yeah, term. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was like a week and a half ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. And you're looking right down the barrel at I'm two weeks the fall. away from fall. Yeah. yeah. Just super exciting. Yeah. And one of the things you've been sharing with us on the podcast is the lesson that you worked through with the college um, students through Second Timothy. Yeah. It's more like, I mean, it's we went through Second Timothy, but what I'm sharing with you guys is more like- This is the good stuff. It's like the, the fanciful floating thoughts yeah. that, that just ruminate from those- Mm-mm. Yeah, because part part of writing a good sermon and teaching well is learning what to cut out. Yeah, as much as yeah. what to include. Yeah, so. these, these are more more of the things that stick in my head from the text, and then like the branches that grow off of, off of that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, I've enjoyed the ride so far. Um, we are we're looking at the end of Second Timothy. We're gonna finish it. So Let's usually I have you read, but this is a ton of names, and I feel like whenever we me. whenever we read a name. I see you begin to sweat a little bit. <laughs> I glisten. So I'll read it. Read it. And then you can start by asking one question, whatever question you want oh, with regards to the text. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for putting some out. And, and then I'll say some other things about the text. Great. <clears throat> All right. So second Timothy chapter four, verses nine through 22. Do your best to come to me soon for Demas in love with this present world. What has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescus has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful for me for ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books and above all the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Aquila in the house of Onesiphorus. Erastus remained at Corinth, and I left Trophimus, who was ill, at Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greeting to you, as do Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. All <sighs> with you all. Plural you. <laughs> Boy, Paul's had a hard run. Mm-hmm. That's rough. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here was my one question okay. as we read through that. Um, do we have any indication of the spat between him and the coppersmith? Because we've heard about quarrels with other metalsmiths and pagan worship and idols. Yes. In 
so in Acts there, um, in Acts there's like all this uh, this worship of Artemis, and when Paul starts rolling in. He's preaching the gospel, and people start like abandoning their trade to follow Jesus. And then because people are following Jesus, they're not buying Artemis statues anymore. So like mm-hmm. the the trade of making idols for for some metal workers is is going down the tanks, mm-hmm. and they get so mad (laughs) so 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 mad they rally the whole town against they get really really mad now maybe alexander was was one of them in the book of acts it names someone else alexander is also mentioned in first timothy chapter one verse 20 that alexander had um had opposed the the gospel in some way so maybe was a part of the church for a little bit and then and then opposed it. he he's linked up with um himenaeus Hmm. as well and and Paul says he that he's handed them over to Satan to learn not to blaspheme, which usually is an expression like the church is. You could think of it as the realm of Christ where He reigns. But then to be out of the church to not be um, a, a repentant believer would be the realm of Satan. So to hand someone over to Satan is to basically um, remove communicate yeah excommunicate re- remove church membership from mm-hmm. someone is is essentially what's going on there. Gotcha. So it seems like Alexander was in and then he was out. Okay. Um, and then what he says here is that Alexander strongly opposed our message. So he's in opposition now to the gospel. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it's because he was losing money or anything, but for some reason, this dude who's probably pretty big, pretty strong, and maybe a little aggressive, he's opposing Paul, maybe just verbally, but maybe also physically. He mm-hmm. was opposing him. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. There it is. Cool. That was a good question. Thanks. All right. So last time I was on, we read... Um, the verses right before this were, were Paul's like, I've poured out like a drink offering. And then he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Mm-hmm. And last time I was like, well, all right, how do I fight the good fight? In a similar vein, you know, how do I finish the race? Mm-hmm. Paul finished the race. And these final verses, these are like the throwaway verses when you're doing your morning devos. You're yeah. like, there's nothing for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this genealogies and census, sensei? Sensei. That feels yeah, right. That's plural for <laughs> census. Someone can double check me, but I'm pretty sure it's sensei. <laughs> yeah, those are the things that you just totally skip. You're like, there's nothing here for me. Yeah. But I think there's a lot here because Paul just said, I finished the race. Mm-hmm. And then he says all this. Yeah. Why include this if it isn't important for Timothy specifically? So he is asking Timothy, he's like, hey, will you come? Come visit me soon while I'm in prison. And he even makes some requests along the way. But he gives all these details about people and in this text he i counted them he names i think it's yeah i wrote it down somewhere i think he names 27 different people what yeah or maybe it's 17 oh i can't i can't, still i can't find the note now but yeah you can just go through and you could you could count the people it, it's around 20 people wow. so right away one obvious takeaway is that paul was well connected mm-hmm. he was well connected and it's not just this letter it's like all his letters yeah. he names a ton of people paul did not do ministry alone mm-hmm. paul did not walk the christian faith alone he was well connected and he had people to lean on so both in the the everyday life of a christian you need to be connected but then also in the ministry of a christian of trying to to make the gospel go out to the nations you have to be well connected there are some some obvious things along the way of running the race though uh, of walking into christian life um, and if you've ever ran a race and, like tried to win 
I don't know if you. I, I had to run miles in high school, but that's about as close as it gets. And did you try to win? No, I tried to finish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had the asthma. Yeah. Even, even still, like trying to finish is one thing. Trying to win is like a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. And, and he, it seems like he he's he's thinking about it as winning because he even says, "I'm going to receive the crown," and so will everyone else who loves the appearing of the Lord. Yeah. So when you try to win a race, you run as hard as you can. It hurts mm-hmm. your body. I mean, your body, your limbs become almost like lethargic and begin to slow down and feel super heavy and you can't go anymore because it's like building up with the lactic acid, but you just keep pushing. Your lungs are on fire, on fire. And there's so much pain. And then like there's the emotional battle and mental battle where you're like, maybe I should just stop. You're like, no, 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 keep going. It's very hard mm-hmm. to run a race. It physically and mentally hurts. Same thing in the Christian life. There is inevitability to, to run this race, there will be inevitable pain. Mm-hmm. Some of those things that he lists, he talks about Demas, um, a friend, a coworker uh, in the gospel who uh, we don't really know what happened, but he was in love with this present world, we're told, and he, he deserts Paul and the faith, and he goes to Thessalonica just to, to live it up. So one thing that we can tell is that there was something in the, this world that was more beautiful and desirable to Demas than Jesus was mm-hmm. for him. And he chased that thing. And that brought so much pain to Paul. Yeah. Like he's sad about that. Um, we also know that Paul experienced the pain of persecution. You know, Alexander, you even you even brought him up. People are, he says he did me great harm. Mm-hmm. Like maybe one of the reasons Paul was arrested is because of Alexander. Like sure. maybe, maybe that's what it was. Maybe Alexander was like beating him up or something. We don't know what it was, but he was not only opposing the gospel, he was opposing Paul himself and did harm to Paul. Mm-hmm. So that's a painful element of the Christian faith too. There will be people who, who oppose us because of our faith. And that's painful. It's really, it hurts to be rejected. Yeah. Um, even when you're standing for truth, mm-hmm. it still hurts. And then he also, uh, at one point in verse 19, he says, greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. And if you remember all the way back to chapter uh, one or two, or chapter one, we talked about Onesiphorus. He yeah. was he was the good friend who mm-hmm. sought out Paul in Rome. Usually, you would say greet Onesiphorus and his household, but when this phrase is reverse ordered, greet the household of Onesiphorus. It's it's usually not always, but usually because the person has died, oh, the patriarch wow. has died. So it's almost like, hey, send my condolences to the household of Onesiphorus. Mm. What we remember about Onesiphorus, like the last thing that we had heard from chapter one is that he went to Rome mm-hmm. to find Paul. Right. Track him down. We don't hear anything about if he returns. Mm-hmm. May- maybe all on that journey, he dies. Mm. Uh, something happened to Onesiphorus. It would seem like he died. So e- even as you live the Christian life for a long time, your friends begin to pass away as well. And that's painful as well. Now we we grieve differently. We grieve with hope mm-hmm. as opposed to those who grieve without hope, but we still grieve the loss of loved ones. So Paul's running this race and he, even though he's well-connected, we also know that inevitably it comes with pain. But it also comes with healing. You run a race, you run hard, man, your body hurts the next day. All like those small muscle fibers were tearing mm-hmm. and, and ripping. But then what happens? You eat a big meal afterwards, you take a good nap, and your body heals. That's what happens after that race. Yeah. And the same thing in the Christian faith, you'll also inevitably experience healing and, and, and change and growth in that way. He, one of the things he mentions is uh, Mark in verse 11. He says, Luke alone is with me right now. Hey, get Mark 
bring him with you for he is very useful for me in ministry. And this is John Mark. Uh, what church tradition tells us is, is the John Mark who wrote the gospel according to Mark, which mm-hmm. we're going through in our men's ministry yeah. uh, breakfasts right now. And in the book of Acts, they were traveling together. It was Paul and Barnabas. And they had with them um, John Mark and I'm pretty sure uh, Silas. And they're all traveling around. And something happened to where um, maybe it was just because Mark was young or something, but he stayed behind at one point. He's like, actually, I'm not going to go with you guys. So he stays behind. Then a little bit later, Paul and Barnabas are going to continue going out. And Barnabas was very adamant. Let's bring Mark with us. And Paul's like, no way, man. That guy already ditched us once. Don't, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> that guy already ditched us once. We don't, we don't want to bring him anymore. He, he's a deserter. Um, mm-hmm. So they split. And it actually splits Barnabas and Paul, who were like besties. Mm-hmm. They were besties. So they split and they go their separate ways. Paul takes Silas with him and Barnabas takes Mark. Mm. This is years later. Something changed along the way. There was a maturity in Mark. There was a softening in Paul to where now at the end, Paul says, Mark, bring Mark. He is very useful in ministry. Wow. He doesn't sit on the bench anymore. He's all in with the ministry. So there's reconciliation. There's relational reconciliation when we run this race. Um, So here, if if we were to say, you know, back to the question, how do I, how do I finish the race? Um, one, one application is community. You want to finish the race, you need community. So he lists 17 people. I found my note. He lists mm-hmm. 17 people in these these verses, 17 people that he did life with. Now, you don't need to be a missionary on mission with 17 people um, that are spread out throughout uh, ancient Rome, but you should probably have a, a, a community of people that you do life with and, and try to live faithfully to Jesus, whether that be a small group or just a, a group of solid Christian friends who you encourage each other in, in your faith. Um, but be known by name and know others by name. Be well connected. You also need to have hope, specifically hope in the judgment of God. When he's talking about Alexander, we could we could conclude, I think rightfully so, that Alexander was a buster. yeah (laughs) that's fair (laughs) guy's kind of a buster um but in verse 14 15 or just 14 he says alexander the coppersmith did me great harm the lord will repay him according to his deeds Mm -hmm. so paul has hope in the judgment of god he doesn't say he doesn't say i need you guys to get revenge on that guy for me he says god god will will get revenge he will pay accordingly Mm -hmm. to alexander what he deserves so paul and us, if we want to finish the race, Paul finished the race because he had hope in the judgment. It was it was what kept him going, mm-hmm. knowing that no wrong was going to be left untouched. No one gets away with it. No one. Yeah. No one gets away with it. And that is something that will give you hope to persevere and to finish the race. So you need community. You need hope. You also need grace, not just the grace of God for your own salvation, but you also need grace for each other. In verse 16, he says that my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. Like he has a, a trial and you know, it's like he, he, um, he's having this whole courtroom scene and they're like, all right, now the witnesses on behalf of Paul and they turn around. It's like an empty room. <laughs> yeah. No one showed up to yeah. be a witness for his trial. But then he says, may it not be charged against them. Mm-hmm. May it not be charged against them. Kind of like Jesus saying, um, they know not what they do. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. So on one hand with Alexander, Paul says, you know what? God 
will deal with this. And then to his friends who in a moment of weakness abandoned him and didn't show up to the trial, but are still with him. Um, they just had a moment of weakness. He, he says, God, forgive them. Don't hold, don't hold that against them. I don't hold it against them. Don't hold that against them. So he has grace for people as well. And the fourth and final thing you need to uh, finish the race, as it were, is a Bible and a journal. Hey, <laughs> back at it. We already and talked. A cloak? Yeah. yeah <laughs> but a Bible and a journal specifically. So mm-hmm. in verse 13, he says, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books and above all the parchments. Mm-hmm. There are a handful of things that these could be like, maybe he needs his legal papers because he is a Roman citizen, but that, that's not as likely. Uh, most scholars agree that what he's referring to um, and what these, these, um, these words and phrases even refer to at large is specifically the, the scripture, the Testament of scripture. And then also like uh, basically a journal, what yeah. he would use for his own personal notes. So hmm. either he has these collections that he's accumulated over the time of like excerpts of texts that he's collected, or he has some personal scrolls himself that he's gotten over time. And he also has a journal, like a notebook. Hmm. So we talked about this last time, but you need the word to fight the good fight and to finish the race. It's always the word that brings you back to Christ and the one who really does save you from all of your sin through faith and not by your works. So you need the word, but also you need to, um, you need to not just read the word and apply the word. You actually need to um, interact with the word. You need to let it sink into your head and your heart. And then something comes out of you and you write. Your thoughts, your reflections, your prayers, your your understanding, you take notes. So interaction with God's word is interaction with God himself. So at the end of the day, like that's what he's wanting. Is that oh go ahead. I was go just ahead. gonna say a fun go little ahead. plug. Okay. Fun plug <laughs> coming at you from Chris Moore. Is that Lou and I had just recorded an episode on journaling. Oh. Nice. So if you missed that one by chance, yeah. go back and listen to it. Nice. Uh so fifteen years fifteen hundred years after this. There's this guy, William Tyndale, mm-hmm. and a similar thing happened. So William Tyndale, he he translated the Bible into English to make it accessible to people in their native tongue rather than it, be, it being in Latin, which no one spoke at that time. Because of that, he was killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> um, but William Tyndale, he translates the Bible, and, then, and he was arrested. He was put in prison. And while he was lying in prison, he was waiting for death because uh, he dared to give the people the Bible in their own language. And he's he's sitting in a cold, uh, damp dungeon in the winter, and he writes to a friend. He says, send me, for Jesus' sake, a warm cap, something to patch my leggings, a woolen shirt, and above all, my Hebrew Bible. Mm. And then that was before he was put to death as well. So yeah. It's like history has a funny way of repeating themselves, where when people, when people who follow Jesus are stripped of everything— at the end of the day, they'd like to be warm, but they know that the ultimate warmth comes from the word of God. So they always say, above all, like, man, if I could have my Bible with me, mm-hmm. that will keep me warm. That will keep me safe because it reminds me of the security I have in Christ. And that's kind of how um, Paul ends it right before like the, his like final, final message. He says, you know, even though everybody, they ditched me at my trial, you know, don't hold that against them. But he says, but the Lord stood by me. God stood by me and he strengthened me so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. I was referring back to his, that former trial mm-hmm. rescued from the lion's mouth. Does that remind you of any stories in the Bible? 
Daniel. Yeah, Daniel in the yeah. lion's den where he's thrown into a pit and it, surely he is going to die in this pit full of hungry lions. And yet God protects him and delivers him from destruction and from death. And then Daniel is exalted up out of the pit of death. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Then Paul says, the Lord will rescue me. Future tense. The mm-hmm. Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into the, his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So Paul can look back on his life and see the faithfulness of God. But more importantly, he can look forward and be confident in the faithfulness of God that God will deliver him from every evil deed and from death itself. And it's not just the evil deeds of others that Paul is going to be delivered from. It's ultimately his own evil deeds that God is going to deliver him from. Because as a as someone who rebelled against God and sinned against him, Paul is fully deserving of death. He's deserving of the lion's mouth. Mm-hmm. So, so are we. And yet just as... Um, the Bible makes us wise for salvation through faith in Jesus, the Messiah. Um, we, we come to see that God has actually provided an escape from the mouth of a lion, even though we deserve the death that it brings. And it's through through Jesus actually being crushed by the jaws of a lion, becoming a lamb. And in that way, he is the ultimate lion of Judah who who rescues us and brings us into his heavenly kingdom. And that's how the letter of 2 Timothy ends. Wow. That's amazing, especially knowing that that's the last letter that we have of yep. Paul writing to Timothy. Yep. For all we know, this is the last, the last things that Paul said. Wow. Yep. That's a powerful reminder of just the importance of these pieces of the Christian life that we can take for granted sometimes yeah. and and think, how am I going to do this? Yeah. How am I going to stay strong? This yeah. is how. Yeah. So have community, have hope in the judgment of God, have grace not only from God, but also for others in your life. And above all, have your Bible and journal ready. Yep. Awesome. Sean, this has been an absolute treat going through first, second Timothy. There you go. Second Timothy. I did it. It only took me (laughs) 10 episodes. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to see what we get into next. Thank you for taking us on this journey. You bet, man. All right, guys, we will catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.